0: lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations play responsibly
1: one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare. that's why united healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com on july 20th 1969 after years of preparation Apollo 11 became the first spaceflight to land humans on the moon. Years later, the tapes that recorded Apollo 11's slow-scan television telecast during the moon landing disappeared. If you enjoy this episode and want to hear more like it, check out the Gone podcast, now alternating between full episodes and mini-episodes every Monday. You can join us every week as we look to discover a missing piece of history— Follow Gone free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. On July 19, 1969, millions of Americans gathered around a television set and turned on the news. The voice of anchor Walter Cronkite presented some of history's most legendary footage. Neil Armstrong, 38-year-old American, standing on the surface of the moon.
0: The Apollo 11 moon landing was being filmed live from space. The ship had a built-in, custom-made camera transferring its signal back to Earth. This signal was tape-recorded by three different studios, one in California and two in Australia.
1: When the broadcast was over and Apollo 11 made its safe return to Earth the studios packed up the tapes for safekeeping. They sent them off to the Washington National Record Center, where they would remain in storage indefinitely.
0: In 1997, an engineer who worked on the Apollo 11 mission decided it was finally time to dust off those tapes, except they were nowhere to be found. It was as if all of the original recordings had vanished into space.
1: Welcome to Gone Bites, a ParCast original. Every other Monday, we'll examine an abbreviated mysterious disappearance and the theories they spawned. These special short episodes are only available on Spotify.
0: This week, we're covering the lost tapes from the Apollo 11 mission. Original recordings sent directly from Apollo's lunar camera were supposed to go into storage. But instead, the historic footage disappeared without a trace. Of all the nights for a thunderstorm and a power outage, this was by far the worst. It was July 16th, 1969, when 44-year-old Stan Labar and his family rushed over to a neighbor's house to witness the most important broadcast in American history.
1: The group huddled in front of the television and watched as Neil Armstrong opened the door of the lunar module and took man's very first steps on the surface of the moon.
0: Before the room's very eyes, a new era of space exploration was unfolding. The potential of the country, of human civilization, suddenly seemed limitless. Everyone in the room, from Labar's elderly mother to his three young children, were gobsmacked by the footage on screen. Everyone in the United States was completely transfixed.
1: Everyone, that is, except for Stan Labar. He remained planted in his chair with his heart in his stomach. Something was wrong with the footage. It was grainy, too dark. Neil Armstrong was nothing more than a dark shape bobbing over the sea of tranquility. For Labar, the man who supervised the production of the Apollo 11's camera, the presentation of humankind's greatest achievement looked like a complete failure.
0: For five years, Labar had been waiting for this very moment. He believed he had done everything right. The camera withstood pressure up to eight times the force of gravity. It braved drastic temperature change from 250 to negative 150 degrees Fahrenheit, and it still managed to deliver a signal 240,000 miles back to Earth.
1: It was an incredible achievement in engineering, yet Labar couldn't get over the terrible quality of the footage especially because the blurry screen was due to the fact that NASA insisted on airing the moon landing live.
0: Essentially, the original transmission sent from Labar's camera to the three recording stations, one in California and two in Australia, was a crystal-clear picture. Those stations then recorded those high-quality images onto one-inch tapes.
1: But in order to air it live, they needed to convert the footage from 10 frames to 30 frames per second, which they did by retransmitting the footage to the manned Flight center in Houston. Once converted, it was sent out to networks for broadcast. But by then, it was a blurred mess.
0: So while the rest of the world watched on with wonder unfazed by the poor quality, Labar was grief-stricken. In fact, he later said in one interview, posterity deserves more than that.
1: The tapes that held the clear, original transmission from Labar's camera were packed up and sent off to storage at the Washington National Record Center, or WNRC, only a month or so after the event. So all wasn't lost... yet.
0: And Labar's hard work did not go overlooked. In 1970, Labar's employer, Westinghouse, won an Emmy for Outstanding Achievement in Coverage of a Special Event. Stan Labar was the one to accept the award on stage.
1: So decades went by, and Labar had nearly forgotten about the original high-quality tapes. That is, until 35 years after the moon landing in 2004, Labar returned to Australia for a Westinghouse reunion... It was there that Labara struck up a conversation with a former colleague.
0: The two of them started to wonder what had happened to those clear-quality tapes. If they could locate them now, perhaps they could share that high-quality footage with the rest of the world.
1: After all, how hard could it be? They knew the tapes had left the recording stations and gone to the WNRC via the Goddard Space Flight Center for Storage, By all intents and purposes, this is where they should have remained. What they didn't know was that they'd be going on a wild goose chase, one that offered more questions than it did answers.
0: Up next, Stan Labar's twisting hunt for proof of his own life's work. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Now back to the story.
1: In 2004, 35 years after the moon landing, Stan LeBar was reminded of the high-quality footage his camera captured during the moon landing. He was convinced that the tapes of the original transmission were buried in government archives, and now it was time to share them with the world.
0: He began his search in the Goddard Space Flight Center, a stopover for the tapes before they were moved to their permanent location at the WNRC. But after nearly a year of searching, Labar found nothing. The Apollo 11 tapes were not listed in any of their records.
1: Labar was confused and frustrated. How could the journey of some of the most important tapes in American history not be documented? It was unprofessional, bizarre even. To lose such a record would be a disastrously mindless error.
0: But if he was hoping for an answer from NASA, he was going to be disappointed. The organization had not so much as mentioned the tapes after presumably locking them in storage in 1969.
1: By the end of 2005, Labar had come up with a new plan. He was reminded that the standard-sized storage boxes for the Washington National Record Center were far too small to contain the Apollo 11 film in their canisters.
0: So in January of 2006, Labar made a trip to the WNRC and began to explore the oversized stacks, hoping to uncover the missing footage. But when he arrived, he was massively overwhelmed.
1: There were hundreds upon hundreds of
0: boxes, towering three times
1: over his height. Each box contained dozens of tapes, files, folders, and other government information that was often indiscernible by their markings. Once again, Their lack of organization baffled Labar, but it didn't stop him.
0: After days of endlessly pawing through box after box, Labar discovered one oversized container that appeared to have what he was looking for. But only tapes of the Apollo 9 mission were inside. After nearly two years of searching, from the Goddard Space Flight Center to the WNRC, the Apollo 11 tapes were still nowhere to be found. After an interview with NPR in July of 2006, Labar's hunt for the missing tapes spread like wildfire. Hundreds of leads began to pour in, but every one of them led to a dead end.
1: Immediately afterwards, NASA claimed to begin their own search, which the public seemed to think was preposterous. Why did NASA need to search for one of their most important records of all time?
0: It didn't help that conspiracy theories on the moon landing had made headlines only months after the July 1969 event. Some people believed that the moon landing was recorded in a studio performed as a hoax in an effort to beat the Soviets in the race to the moon.
1: NASA did little to dissuade these rumors. From the time Labar's search went public, the organization remained eerily quiet about the whole thing.
0: That is, until 2009, when NASA gave a statement about what they believed happened to the tapes. They claimed that back in the 1970s, most magnetic tape containers were withdrawn permanently after the magnetic tape industry started making low-quality, short-lived products.
1: Essentially, NASA liked the old tapes better so they just reused what they had. Any tapes dated before the 1970s were likely recorded over, meaning NASA believed that they had recorded over man's first steps on the moon. It seemed, for a time, as though the saga of the high-quality recording of the moon landing had come to an anticlimactic end. But then, in July of 2019, three reels of tape made their way into the media spotlight when they sold for $1.82 million at a Sotheby's
0: auction in New York. These tapes were part of a large collection acquired by former NASA intern Gary George back in 1976. George bought the tapes at a government surplus auction for the mere price of 218 dollars or what would be just under $1,000 today. The incredible price once again drummed up speculation. Was this the original high-quality footage of the moon landing?
1: Were the lost Apollo 11 tapes safely just collecting dust in George's garage while the rest of the world was out frantically searching? Was it possible that NASA didn't record over the tapes after all? Unfortunately for Stan Labar... The answer was no.
0: The tapes George sold at auction were recorded on two-inch reels, while the ones Labar was looking for were recorded on one-inch reels. NASA also confirmed that George's tapes were actually from the center in Houston, the center responsible for converting the original footage before it was ready to broadcast.
1: So, alas, their predecessors were still at large.
0: Unfortunately, the most likely scenario is that those tapes were neglectfully erased by a few NASA staff members, which would make it one of the greatest clerical errors in the nation's history.
1: As far as never-before-seen footage from the moon landing, NASA's Richard Navsker insists that America got to witness every single detail captured by the camera on July 16, 1969, There wasn't anything on those tapes that hadn't been put
0: on the air. So yes, perhaps the entire thing was just an embarrassing oversight for the Space Administration, who didn't want to risk future funding by admitting this careless mistake.
1: But in the end, Labar's search wasn't done in vain. The attention he brought to the missing tapes persuaded CBS to restore and enhance the footage of the original live broadcast. So Labar's objective to obtain a high-quality version of the Apollo 11 moon landing can be considered a mission complete.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Gone. We'll be back next week with a full-length episode.
1: You can find more episodes of Gone and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. And remember, just because it's Gone doesn't mean it can't be
0: found. Gone was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Gone was written by Lori Gottlieb, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner.